welcome back to another episode of Over the Glass. I am your host, Jay. I'm Nessa, and I'm back home. I'm so welcome exhausted. back. Thank you, thank you. It was an exhausting trip. <laughs> are you are you back in the Pacific time zone, or are you somewhere in between? No, 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 I'm, I'm home. I've made it back. No, I mean, like, mentally, are you? Mentally, I think I'm still on East Coast time, honestly. Mm. I have been struggling with... I am going to sleep around, like, 9 o'clock. I'm so tired. I mean, that's not exactly a bad thing. I should maybe be doing... I, I should maybe go on a road trip and, and reset my clock. Because, <laughs> like, I, I've been going to bed, like, at midnight-ish. And then I wake up at, like, 6.30. And it, it's not good. Like, I really do need to be going to sleep earlier. But I don't know. Like, I'm a I'm a night owl. So this 9 to 5 thing that I've been doing for, you know, adulting, it's just... It, it's I, a- I just can't. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I find mornings so boring. I don't know why. I'm but, barely awake in the mornings. Yeah. But it's like, it's not even a matter of, like, I'm not getting enough sleep. Because I can go to sleep earlier and, you know, get enough sleep to have to wake up much earlier. But I'm just still not there. Like. Right. It's just, it's just not happening. So I don't know. Anyways, weird rant, but, um, yeah. So the Leafs finally did it. They did it. They finally did it. I was, I was hoping they would do it. I'm not hoping they get very far, but I wanted them to get out of the first round for the fans because they haven't won a playoff series since 2004. It's crazy. But I mean, they could have rounded it to a nice... 20 years you know it's so it's it's really strange like why couldn't you have done that like it's just I don't know but um yeah I didn't really watch the games too much they because they were always on the days that the Rangers and the New Jersey Devils and that was more priority to me Um, that's the one I was watching too (laughs) yeah but I would have it on the side. But, you know, the, the dual watching is, I don't do it very successfully. I, I still cater towards one. I kind of like peer over it now and then. I miss everything that I'm hoping I'll, I'll be able to catch on the other game. But um, I think, yeah, so that game went into overtime. So there was extra time. So I was able to hop over and watch after the Rangers game. And... Yeah, I'm happy for Lee's fans, but my reaction was like, oh, cool. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's like, oh, they did it. Oh, that went in. Hmm. Okay. It's funny because Chrissy was rooting for Tampa Bay because for her bracket, she chose them to go on to the next round while I chose the Leafs to go on. So we're like rooting against each other. Mm-hmm. I was like, go Leafs. Uh-huh. When will I ever cheer for the Leafs? Just for my bracket. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was going to be, I I wasn't looking forward to them losing or, or Tampa forcing the game seven. Just fans are so passionate and I feel like even more so in Toronto because of their their past history of not being able to get it out of the first round. So I wasn't looking forward to the emotional trauma, the potential that they would get knocked out yet again. So I'm I'm relieved on behalf of that fan base. And then 
by extension, not having to hop onto this podcast and, and talk about the chaos that in that erupted from all that. But um, yeah, yeah. Did you see the Steve Dangle video? I have not seen it yet. Um, I scrolled over it on my YouTube feed, and you know has like the autoplay, and I saw just the beginning where he had his duel like yelling at himself thing, and I'm like, oh, that looks like it will probably be a good one. Yeah, but, um, yeah, very it's crazy. Happy. <laughs> good for him. But um, yeah, I did see earlier this week that Hayden Christensen was at a fan expo i'm not sure where in the world that is but he was uh doing a panel and he had his toronto maple leaves hat on and he was talking and and some fan yelled the leafs won (laughs) (laughs) and he sopped everything and he was like what they did and he was he was so excited and then he started going into a ramble about how uh he was singing about wearing some other hockey stuff today, but then uh, pretty much going on going on about um, superstitions. And he's like, no, but like, I didn't do this that last time. And so I've got to, I'll just stick with the hat and whatever. <laughs> yeah. So that was cute to see. Darth Vader is a loose fan. That sucks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's so angry. <laughs> <laughs> mm, that would make sense. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> um, be enough to turn anyone to the dark side. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was that was the hidden plot in the original trilogy. Yeah, he he finally gets the the Leafs the Leafs make it past the first round, and he comes back to the light side. It wasn't Luke. He's, he's it not, was the Leafs. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so on my road trip. Chrissy and I always like to visit different hockey stadiums, whether they're having a game or not, because we can't always afford to go to games. And we got to visit, what was the first one we saw? I believe it was the Carolina Hurricanes. Like we went in into the shop and like it was pretty chill. And then we went to the, um, the Devils stadium and then the ranger stadium again just to check out the store picked up a couple things here and there and then uh we stopped in denver and we actually decided to go to game it was game five of the playoffs which is why i have the jerseys up because it's my two now my two other faves outside of the sharks oh my gosh and they're playing tonight and it's game seven oh it's gonna be so stressful whoever wins i win um, I don't know, honestly, because they've been so evenly matched for the most part. Like, so the Kraken have been pretty solid defensively. Is what I've noticed from the, the games that I've watched, because being on the road, it's really hard to catch games. Um, and the Avs just don't seem like the, the, the same team as last year. They, they seem like they're really struggling this time around. So it could it could go either way. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Avs pull it off because they have that experience, whereas the Kraken don't. But I could also see the Kraken kind of coming out and be like, this is ours. <laughs> so I, I can't say exactly who. On my bracket, I have the Avs going to the second round, though, so we'll see. 
Um, yeah, so I went to the game on Tuesday, I want to say, in Denver. It was really chill. I really like Denver. Um, I decided to get a, uh, shoot, what is it called? Oh, a sensory bag. Um, because I have, uh, I'm very, I get overstimulated with really loud sounds. And it was like, it's the playoffs, I should try. And I actually have my own earplugs. Like, it's a, I don't know if you've heard of the brand Eargasm, <laughs> but they're basically noise-canceling earplugs. I think I have something that I've bought for, like, concerts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically you can still that. hear it, but it, like, takes away some of, like, the, I don't, I don't actually know what it does, but it's supposed to, like, help with. It protects the, your ears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have some, but I have one, the ones that have a little slider on them. So, like. It's basically like it quiets it more if you slide it up, right? And I figured, I don't know if that's going to be enough. So I grabbed the sensory bag specifically for the headphones. And I'm so glad I did. And then the bag also came with like a weighted lap pad. Um, on the website, it said that it would come with like fidget stuff and all this other stuff for like sensory things. Mine didn't, which I don't, I didn't really need it. But maybe somebody ganked it. <laughs> like maybe. these work really well. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Because um, I was curious to see what else came in the bag, and I literally only had the two things. But um, I put the headphones on almost immediately as soon as, like, the announcer was like, well, warm-ups are going to start in a few minutes. Prepare if you need to, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, I'll pop them on. And I'm so glad I did because their sound system is just so loud in there. It's so overwhelming. And, like, I, I had the... The headphones that they provided but i also had my earplugs in and it still was too loud for me it was like ridiculous. that's a little concerning to me i would wonder yeah. like do does this get regulated <laughs> the, the sound because i like i know they're trying to create like this it's this environment of like be all excited it's playoffs blah blah, blah. but at the same time like my god it's too much like, and then you add yeah and then you add the excitement from the crowd yeah so yeah so i yeah. to be honest with you i was only able to sit in my seat for the first period and mm. after that i had to go and like sit in the quiet room that they had because it was just getting too much for me and i'm so glad that they had a quiet room <laughs> which was it was basically just like the area where they have the elevators closed off with the doors but it it did help like give me that mental break that i needed and so i would <laughs> I basically watched two periods from the Jumbotron, like with my headphones in the on the concourse and just looking in, which is like giant TV, right? Uh, but it was fun. I, I still enjoyed it for what I could could experience. Um, Chrissy was still sitting in her seat and she was saying how Sharks fans are funner than than the Avs fans. She was like, um, it didn't seem like the crowd was super into it. It was, it was, well, just, that game was pretty close, wasn't it? It, it was, I think, three to one for the whole second period and most of the third. And then the Avs scored one like a minute before the game ended. So it ended up three two. So it was like close, but not super close. And then the penalties were 
on the Kraken side like all night and fans are getting frustrated but like you know like you go to Sharks games and even the, the fans are like super into the game and they're yelling and when they're mad at the refs and all this and mm. she was saying like they would they would do like their refs you suck for a few seconds um and then like a fan would try to start a cheer but nobody oh. would really get into it so maybe it was just one of those games where the fans just weren't into it because of what was going on on the ice or what um but it wasn't like I've been to like even the shutout game that I went to for the Sharks during the playoffs was a lot more energetic than, than that one. So abs fans, I don't know what y'all are doing. <laughs> Just having an off day, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even especially during a playoffs game. Like I know these days if you go to like a shark game, like I I would give them a break that maybe they're not as excited Into with, yeah, yeah. with the product that makes on the ice. But during a playoff game, like yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I I think I would be, I would be really into it. Like even if, especially because it was a close game. If it was like five to nothing, cracking. I I understand. Like okay, <laughs> there's yeah. not there's not so much to be excited about right now. Like the team's gonna have to give me something to be excited about. But yeah, I that's think- weird. What contributed to it also was the abs just were not playing well. Uh, Chrissy yeah. made a comment was like, "This is like this is how the sharks play." It's <laughs> like, uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that like I didn't really catch the game, but that's what I was wondering. Like, were they just really bad? It, they were like, so off, but okay. it, it was yeah. it was the game that Makar wasn't in. He that was oh, the game he was suspended mm. for. So they were Did really the Kraken struggling. win that one. Hmm. Hmm. We'll get into that so, Macar thing later, but um, <laughs> mm. but I mean, I the last time I went to Denver, I was like, next time we come, I hope we can go to an Abs game because I was a fan of the Abs then. Like I started following them, um, and the Kraken didn't exist just yet. I don't think, or maybe they did, but they haven't had their game yet. Um, but I, it's it was exciting to see two games that I I enjoy. I mean, two teams I enjoyed watching. Yeah, that's exciting my... for you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, should we get into our brackets where they're where they stand right now? Sure. For mine, Ours, we're pretty similar, yeah. except for the Rangers Devils. That's going to be an interesting Monday. Mm. Wait, um, they don't play today? Oh, they played last night. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about tonight's game just because i was thinking the other day the apps are kind of the same roster from last season minus the goaltending and then yeah so injuries are are playing into the series nichushkin being out um makar being out from that other game and then i feel like i'm missing one other we have Sturm now, so. <laughs> One of the comments that were made about the Kraken is their ability to roll all four lines. Now, are all four lines going to be as productive in scoring? No, but it does help where the other team has a harder time matching the, uh, like, obviously, if your fourth line is out there and, and is not as great, like, okay, you can just put your fourth line out there and, like, you wouldn't have 
um, any trouble. But when you have four lines that can do a fair amount of making you work for uh, for the puck, then it comes then it becomes a bit more challenging. And I think like that's probably where the Avs are running into some issues with being able to be effective with with their play. And this is just for me, like observing other people's comments. I haven't actively been watching the game on top of the abs missing guys and mm-hmm. like key component guys like Landis Gog, who would otherwise be like on the first line would otherwise be on their first power play, which I feel like their first power play hadn't been as good during the regular season. And I know that they were kind of like, like McKinnon was out for a little bit. They were kind of, you know, they had they had their their run with the multiple injuries. So, given like, yeah, that's going to play a part with your power play one not being as good. But then, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, has their power play been as effective in in this series? I I think one of the things the announcers are saying is that they have been struggling on the power play and that actually the Kraken have been doing better in that regard. Um, but yeah, their power again, play is really good. Kraken's yeah, power like play. I, like I said, the Avs just don't. They're not playing like the same team as last year, and it could be because Landeskog is that important to them, and he hasn't been there all year. Um, and like they obviously they ended the season with 109 points, so they're not like struggling in that sense. But I don't know. It just feels like they're missing something, and. It, it's just it's a little off during the playoffs um and like basically Makar, Rantanen, and McKinnon are taking turns on when to put the team on their backs (laughs) because the game that you went to they had two power play opportunities the avalanche and they didn't score on any of them and then obviously who's who's quarterbacking that power play one and who was out during that game so Uh, yeah, I kind of feel like it's going to be a toss-up. But um, one of the things that we are going to talk about later, with Makar, with other things that happened during this um, this first round, I personally feel like the inconsistencies with the Department of Player Safety. And if he did get as many as bunting did i i would i would be saying oh yeah it's, it's cracking all the way yeah yeah because... and i think that the that probably played a part in their decision to only give him one game so it didn't feel like they were basically um influencing there you go they're, they're mm-hmm. not they want to influence the outcome of the series because makar is just that important to the team which is be that way yeah all right, so we're we're uncertain. We'll find out after this recording who is moving on yeah. to the second round, but I think it's honestly a toss-up. I think, I feel like you definitely don't count the Avalanche out of this for sure because they have that experience, And um, but the Kraken feel like they've been proving people wrong anybody who maybe didn't think that this would be a series that would go to seven yeah um, which i'm happy about 
I actually, I'm looking at my bracket now, and I think I agree with yours more than mine for the third round, because I've seen the, the apps play now, and I'm like, I don't know if they'll be able to beat Dallas if they move on tonight. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, what did I put? <laughs> you know what? The the bracket that I made for uh, for our hockey tomorrow um, league, I actually have the abs going to the finals. I, I wanted oh. to change it up because I was like, that's boring to put the same bracket in another league. And I'm so I actually switched it out. But now I'm regretting that because I'm like, <laughs> no, that one's got points in it. I'm going to lose. <laughs> um, I'm currently second in that in that league. Uh, yeah, in points. It's so funny. This is this is literally the first time I'm actually doing a bracket, and it's mm -hmm. not like I'm doing a legit one because I didn't do the hockey at tomorrow one. I'm just doing the one that we're we yeah. doing with our friends here, so we don't. There's no stakes, and I'm like, maybe I should have. <laughs> but I like points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, on the other one, I've got the Avs going to the finals, but like the Bruins still winning it. But mm -hmm. oh my god, that series right now. I, that's another one I haven't really been actively watching but Me the neither. other day i was i wasn't even checking the scores i just saw the notification for our hockey tomorrow um group and i forgot who it was who said like dude is anyone watching this game and i was like what what's going on holy crap <laughs> like three goals in the third period i would because the last time i checked it i was like oh okay yeah obviously the panthers you know they're trying to stay in it but I'd imagine the Bruins are probably going to figure it out, right? But apparently not. That's a game seven. So Florida could mess up both our brackets tonight. <laughs> yeah, it is today at 3.30. Ooh, I'm going to watch that one for sure. <laughs> the, both these games are probably going to be really good. That will be crazy if the Bruins lose because even, like, analysts – are projecting them to win the cup. It is gonna mess up like, like numbers, like analytics out the door. Yeah, I don't have them winning the cup or anything because I feel like the East is so hard. Like, if they make it to the finals, they're gonna like fizzle out. I feel because they're struggling with with Florida right now. <laughs> I mean, I chose them because. Their goaltending felt really solid. I mean, there's, there were a couple plays that I saw replays of where I was just like, oh, someone's getting in Allmark's head. He's making some real crazy saves that he really just should not be making. Um, but I felt like the goaltending was pretty solid. Their power play... Um, when it's effective was like crazy during the regular season like their top two lines are like are pretty deadly and the fact that they kind of blew everyone out of the water with um, like grabbing the president trophy lead like months ahead of mm -hmm. the regular season ending so and and they've and they've had success in the playoffs right so I think it makes sense for for them to be projected, but you know, like we've seen in the past, playoffs are a whole different beast. Yeah, you know that's and that's I, why that whole President Trophy's curse is there because it's like, yeah, that 
just because you win the regular season, like, and you come into the playoffs, now these games, like, you you can't just sit back and think, okay, it's fine if we, like, uh, we're not having a good game. It's fine. You know, we're, we're still pretty comfy in our division, whatever. We'll, we'll look forward to, like, the next game. Like, playoffs, especially depending on where that bad game happens, you have to find some fifth gear. You can't just be comfortable, especially during an elimination game. You can't just be comfortable. You have to figure out a way. And I think sometimes that's where those those plays happen where guys are just like, what are you doing? Because you're just <laughs> trying to like find the scoring touch when they're like, they haven't been able to figure it out at all games. So I, yeah, it's like a totally different mindset going into the playoffs yeah. and maybe some guys you know and that comes with that whole yeah it's cliche to say like oh we got this guy for like his his veteran experience he's gone to the playoffs but it's like true it's a whole yeah. different mindset when you when you have that experience um to, to like pull you from. need someone to to be calm for all the other dudes who don't have any experience and are like freaking out like oh my god that's a game seven what are we gonna do <laughs> Like, from a beer leaguer perspective, in the tournaments that I've played in, it's real. You cannot, and especially because my mind likes to just spat out a million thoughts. Like, when when there's no other game past this, if you don't win it, you, you start getting into your head. And you have to find, you have to get into, like, a practice of not letting that voice... Um, pretty much dictate the whatever however many minutes you have left in the game and it's hard because you're just like no we're gonna lose and we you know blah 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 and it's like you you just have to like tune it out somehow and it's crazy um but yeah so those two games are happening today and what else do we got um caroline advance well yeah i kind of expected that the the island we're we're putting a bit of a uh little bit of a punch in there for a couple of games. I think they had a game where they kind of, yeah, they like scored like four, um, mm-hmm. four goals in like the last period, just out of nowhere. It was just crazy. Um, but I don't feel like they had enough, they don't have enough uh, firepower in, on their team. So like they have a really good goalie, which has probably been helping them along the way. Um, I don't follow them too well, but right. I only know of Garzal, and then now they have Horvat. But then who else? Uh, why does his name escape me? <laughs> Anders Lee. Oh, <laughs> but oh yeah, the captain. Yeah, huh? mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Forgot about him. I thought it would be kind of cool for Team Chaos for them to advance. And then the Leafs to beat the Bruins, and then for the whole John Traveris thing, for oh, them to meet in oh. the conference finals, that would have been fun. But they for team for team chaos, I think mm-hmm. I would prefer Dallas and the Rangers to make it to the finals, so we could have DeBoer go against Gallant one more time. <laughs> it could happen. I don't know. The Rangers need to figure out some consistency. If 
if that's the case. <laughs> the the stars, I was a little concerned in the beginning, but they figured it out and it looks like and Pavelski, Pavelski is around the corner. It was it was basically what happened in twenty nineteen. Pavelski goes down and then the team figures it out. Mm-hmm. That guy just means so much to the players. <laughs> So, yeah, so Dallas advance, the the Knights advance, which blah, blah, okay. Um, I just I just think, like, the Jets, like, I saw some tweet the other day, I think some someone from the media was asking Hellebuck about a possible rebuild. Again, I don't know the context of it, and pretty much he said he would not be interested in a rebuild. I just I've seen comments of the players, not the players, the fans saying that it seems like the Jets' problem right now is lack of leadership, and that's why they can't seem mm. to go anywhere. So Hellebuck is uh, got one year left after this season, so he could be a trade chip for next year. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting to see. Putting him on a, uh, if the, well, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens next season if the Jets are in a, in a situation where they're not pushing for the playoffs and some some other team is gonna get like a, a pretty solid goaltender whether to to lead the charge or stack up your, your one A one B. If the Jets don't make it, maybe the Sharks will. That's, that's not happening. <laughs> I have more confidence in the Jets making it than the Sharks. I couldn't even be serious about it. <laughs> um, and the oil advance that I, yeah, I was kind of hoping the Kings would just so because mm, don't just care so chaos. much about the Oilers, but yeah, it makes sense. sense that they did and they put on a pretty good show. I guess I've got to give them credit and just... J- just so everybody knows, the the fan from Stuart Skinner trying to clear it is because his stick broke. And, like, the odds of that happening. Yeah. Oh, my God. And he went over to the bench, and you could see, like, the players, like, trying to give him some encouragement. But, like, that... I've had that happen before. Not my stick breaking. I just whiffed on it. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> so I, I came mean, and I had I had a time when I went and did that and I whiffed on on the puck and I pretty much the net is wide open for this person to pretty much take a free shot and it was like wow this is so embarrassing I would crawl into that net <laughs> I wanted to just be like yep get me off this ice right now I just want to cry in the locker room because that was so embarrassing <laughs> I'm so sorry that happened to you. <laughs> yeah. So in that moment when Skinner, I was like, oh, no, you fanned. And I was like, oh, I know what that's like. Oh, God. But just to make it like, yeah, okay. So it ends up not being his fault. But like. It still sucks. It still sucks. Like out of all the all the times where that stick could have broke, it broke right. right there. Like, wow. Yeah. But, you know, they still ended up winning. So. That would have been crazy if they didn't, right? Yeah. Not that okay, it, again, so now, not that it's his fault, but it would have been crazy. I haven't been paying too much attention to Vegas or the oil oilers really. 
and they're about to play each other. And I had the Oilers advancing, but now I'm not so sure. It's going to be a crazy series for sure. Like when I was putting together my bracket for that, I was like, mm, like <laughs> coin toss. <laughs> right. It'll be interesting. I'm pretty sure my bracket's going to end up bad and I hope it does because I don't, I don't want the Oilers to win. I was just doing by, based on who I picked and like who I could see coming out of each series. Right. I feel like that one is just off the top of my head feels like it's going to be pretty even matched. Um like Vegas has found their fifth gear. They they have obviously Stone came back um and doesn't look like he had surgery at all cuz he's just killing people left and right out there. Um but like I I want to say Again, I haven't been watching that series, but I'd imagine with the components that they have, they have a pretty effective um, power play per se. Um, the obviously the Oilers definitely do because that's just McDavid. Um, but well, yeah, I, and I think on the goaltending, Vegas might have an edge on that. And this is mostly because, as much as like like Stuart Skinner, it it's been it's been like a like a Disney fairy tale story that he's been able to take over the num- the number one position. Like they brought in Campbell, who who saw him backing up the the uh, former AHL goalie in his first like full NHL season. Does Campbell figure it out if they get into a in a position where maybe Skinner's getting lit up left and right? I don't know. But I think right now Vegas is, uh, they've been playing Brossois more. And I don't think like Quick has played a single game. Given if they do end up needing him to come into the game, obviously Quick has all that experience in the playoffs. I forgot quick was on the Yeah. <laughs> I forgot so, that happened. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think Vegas has that edge in yeah. for for their goalies. Um I want to say Vegas has better defense than the Oilers, but Yeah, cuz Oilers seem to always have problems uh, with mm-hmm. defense. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, then again, it's the playoffs. You know, I I think that'll be a crazy series um, for round two. There could be potentially another Stars versus Vegas Western Conference final. I think my bracket's going to mess up after the second round. (laughs) Oh, well. I have no one... I don't really have anyone I'm rooting for to win. Besides, like, if the Kraken can do it, I'll be so happy for them. That's it. That's the only person I want to win. If they can't, then it's fine, because it's only their first try. (laughs) I'll be sad when the Rangers get knocked out, because then I'll be like, well, who do I care about now? You can still care about the Devils. Well, assuming the Devils knock out the Rangers (laughs) tomorrow. I forget. I guess I won't care as much. 
but I guess. Do it for Timo. I well, he's not doing a whole Do lot it. of anything. Not I'm not saying it's his fault. They're gonna need to figure out chemistry. He feels I feel like he's like getting knocked around left and right in that series. Yeah. Um he's getting his shots in. I just think I don't know, I maybe he he needs some adjusting to like the Eastern Conference. Maybe because it's different, right? The the West yeah. is mostly for for hits and like being gritty, and then the Eastern it feels like is more about speed and and like all that fancy stuff. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, but uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I just want them to make the Western. I mean, the Eastern Conference. If not this year, next year, we need that first round. Pick. Next topic, should we talk about the ugly stuff? Yeah, let's get into that. So, I guess starting out with, I think Bunting was the first player to be assessed a suspension and a major, and I think he got ejected from the game. And he was assessed a a three-game suspension, which initially I was shocked by because if it were a regular season game, like, Okay, yeah, but because it's the playoffs, it's like, wow, that's like, you could pretty much not see another game if, like, the Leafs don't advance, right? But what was his in, penalty? Can't he remember. pretty much elbowed the dude in the face, oh. like, deliberately hit him in the, in the head. Okay. Like, he was coming up behind him, and he just literally, he saw him, and it oh, wasn't, like, okay. an accidental, like, oops, I went too high. It was, like, a legit, I'm gonna hit you in the face <laughs> um and i think that was cernak and he never came back into the series okay so anyways so department of player safety issued him three game suspension which i feel like if we are going to be really serious about obviously that's dangerous that's their freaking head they need they need that <laughs> and that that's a penalty Obviously, you're not supposed to be elbowing people in the face, and he blatantly did that. And, um, like, I have seen over the course of the regular season, like, he's kind of, like, come up as, like, I don't want to say a dirty player, but maybe this is kind of uh, the vibe that he has. And he hasn't, I don't, I haven't seen suspensions being handed out to to someone like this, so maybe you give him, like, a minor, which uh, these days is, like, a, like a slap on the wrist, like whatever. They're gonna be back out on the ice, like after the two minutes. Like that's the the ability to just forget about that and move on. Like I I feel like is not as effective if you're trying to get these dangerous dangerous uh, behaviors out of the game. And so I was like, okay, cool, yeah, I I can I can back a, a three game suspension. But it did kind of have me wondering, like, yeah, he's played on the first line with Matthews and Marner, but he's not, if you if you take him off of the first line, it's not like he's going to be lighting it up left and right, like, on the third line, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's like a, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to say like a little bank, but he's just one of those guys where he, he does need like the playmakers to to make him more effective 
But um, so that's what kind of went through my mind when I saw that. I was like, well, let's see what you do when this player is actually like, what, like, a, like if a Matthews did this, like, what would you give them? Yeah. And um, we didn't have to wait long to find out. <laughs> yeah. So then you have Makar, who late hit on McCann. Obviously, was it? It seemed intentional. There, there was some things that I heard along the way where they were talking about confusion about where the puck was. I, I think I heard this on another podcast where they were talking about. I think it was maybe like some analyst or like um, commentators on the game or whatever, but like they were saying, but. The whole you as a hockey player that that's your whole priority to track the puck. <laughs> so I don't buy that. He oh he he got confused of where the puck was. Like no, no, no. I don't no. I'm I'm pretty sure they were frustrated because that happened. Was that game four? That happened game four, yeah. right? Yeah, were they losing? Suspended for five. Uh, no, I think they won that game because it was a tied series by then and they were down three, two, one. So they won. So they had the battle back in that game. Yeah. Because when I went to game five, it was tied two, two in the series. So it was probably a little bit of frustration. Yeah. Backing up that, that late hit. Well, um, no. So, <laughs> I think one of the things I saw the fans complaining about, or yeah, complaining about, was like, "You're up in the game. Like, what's oh, the point of taking okay. a penalty like this? Mm. It made no sense." And it's like the the series. I think the first game was like fine. It, they didn't have any problems with like penalties or like getting on each other's nerves. And I don't think it was until that game. Well, oh no, the second game I think it started to get a little spicier. And it wasn't until that game where I think the players are starting to develop that like playoff hate towards each other. Hmm. Because Makar killed McCann. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um yeah, so not surprising that department player safety is obviously um well one wasn't that wasn't that penalty reduced to a minor, which I don't understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't understand I, any of these rules. So the podcast I was listening to, they were also they brought up. Uh, one of them said, "Do you know the the in the rule book what the difference with a minor and a major is?" And like I was sitting in the car, I'm like, I don't think I actually know the difference. <laughs> Outside of it, obviously being two minutes and five minutes, so I was thinking, that's a good point. What is it? Mm-hmm. I think Kate said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the the wording wrong. This is the wrong word. Like a malicious hit. Pretty much the intensity of the hit dictates a minor versus a major, which I think is like they need to redefine that because mm-hmm. immediately if i'm thinking oh so it's subjective mm-hmm. like all the times that 
um what's his name uh tom wilson hit people so that's not a major you're like yeah that's fine he pretty much almost took that guy's head off because it was like he he like rammed into them like a semi like no that's fine that wasn't super malicious like what (laughs) so yeah so i didn't understand why that was reduced to um from a major to a minor if that if that's the reason in the rule book mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i think they need to be more specific about certain things mm-hmm. in the yeah so i yeah. feel like that came into play where department of player safety is like oh well it was only a minor like but was it <laughs> if, if the if the rule definition of the minor is just the impact of the hit like then that whole that whole rule needs to be redefined because that's yeah. that's that's crappy so um, i also feel like that hit specifically and that punishment maybe could have played a part into what happened to cogliano cuz when when the players feel like the refs aren't doing enough to to protect them, I guess within the game, you know, they they prefer to take things into their own hands, and that play I've I've watched the clip last night of the hit Everly did on Cogliano, and that looked bad. Like that was really yeah. scary. I was surprised to see Cogliano's like legs still moving and him being able to get up and I guess he came in for the third period as well which is wild for for when the news broke that he freaking broke his neck basically was so that assessed a minor or major uh I don't think they didn't call anything actually I'm remembering uh, now yeah. it was nothing no it says Avalanche were upset at the time of the call that it was a two minute minor Oh, was it? Yeah. I thought that was one that went uncalled, but maybe I'm mixing yeah. it up with something else. Yeah, so I guess they called it, but the abs wanted a major because, like, fuck, mm. man, his neck, oh, his head literally, like, oh, yeah. it looked bad. What Eberly did was boarding to Cogliano because he hit him from behind. Cogliano never saw him coming. Didn't and they I give that like, a cross check? I don't know. Because I didn't, I actually wasn't watching the game when this happened. I think I might have been on the road still. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if a player is severely injured off of a play that is already breaking the rules, that should be considered a major. Like in my my logic. No? Mm-hmm. Officiating in... In the playoffs, is like a whole is a it's like on a whole different planet. That makes yeah, it's zero like all sense. the rules go out the window. And I'm kind of eye rolly about how like okay, the intensity of you being in the playoffs and like, um, yeah, sure the 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 game might not be called the way that you want to, but just the amount of like how it's been in- intensifying. And I just, I'm just not really sure where to point the the blame to. Like, I don't want it to just, the easy thing would just to be to blame the officiating. I mean, I think the officiating needs a little more consistency. But at the end of the day, 
Like, these guys just need to, like, calm the fuck down. Like, <laughs> like I know this is, like, your job and this is, like, what you, like, eat, sleep, breathe, like, every day of the week. But, like, it's, you know, the examples that we just brought in here, like, there's no reason you need to be intentionally injuring somebody. Yeah. Like, obviously, continue to bring the physicality, but, like, a late hit is a late hit. That's a penalty. Yeah. Cross-checking someone into the boards and, like, fracturing their neck. Like, I'm sorry he plays on a different team than you. Like, I I just I just don't understand. And then, you know, uh, and then, uh, uh, of course, coming full circle with bunting, like, no one needs your elbow in their face. I don't care how upset you are with the officiating and how, like, you're probably losing in the game. Like, that's a penalty. I just, I just can't get away from the fact that we've been seeing so many of these things that, you know, do happen during the regular season, but they come out, like, like, on overload in the playoffs, and... I personally, yeah, like I, I can't put it all on, on officiating. It's got to come from the guys as well. Like settle the fuck down. Stop <laughs> injuring your your fellow, you know, hockey players in this league. I mean, especially because like within like an off season, that guy could become your freaking teammate. Yeah. You're like, hey yeah, man, sorry about like fracturing your neck in game hey, two. Man. I just, sorry I just got emotional. It's just an emotional game. <sighs> Those are just so upsetting. Yeah, like I was like, emotional. <laughs> like I love the physicality of the game, but not at the point where there's there's a legal way to check somebody. Not saying take out checking in this league and obviously with the penalties like they it does nothing like yeah okay you take the guy off of the ice for like two minutes or okay he gets a major but then if he doesn't get a suspension he's just back out on the ice the next day like they're just like break like memory dumping what they did the game before because oh i just you we just gotta win this series we just gotta win and it's so dumb and it's so exhausting to see that crap happen. And nothing comes from Department of Player Safety. Yeah. Where is Everly's suspension on on the hit to Cogliano? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's let's get let's wind down and get into some maybe fun fun talk about the sharks. The sharks fan survey that Corey I forget how to say his last name put out. It starts with an M. Masiak Corey from the Athletic. <laughs> Sorry, I butchered your last name. He put out a fan survey for Sharks fans about how they felt about the regular season, like if they're feeling hopeful or uh, kind of hopeless <laughs> about where the team is going. And yeah, so are we going to go through the questions or just kind of go over it generally? Because it's pretty long. I mean, let's just go down the line and just say like where you put. Um, so the if first one, 
was what most closely describes your feelings about the 2022-23 season and the options were happy, hopeful, agnostic, frustrated, angry, <laughs> apathetic. I put agnostic. I did too. I was like, meh, it wasn't terrible, but like it wasn't great either. Like, yeah, I won't get too too into my, my answer because there's going to be other questions here. Uh, what most closely describes your feelings about the current direction of the franchise? I think I put hopeful. I put hopeful as well. Yeah, because uh, I'm excited to see what the young guns are going to be doing and how they affect the team once they're ready to contribute. Um, how have your feelings about the direction of the franchise changed from 12 months ago? I can barely remember 12 months ago. I uh, think I put somewhat better. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think- I'm definitely different than last season. There's a lot of good things to take from this past season, but obviously the fact that we finished third or fourth? fourth. Yeah. So obviously that's not great. I mean, it might be great depending on what comes from this draft, but I I can't wholeheartedly say that I enjoyed <laughs> our descent. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I think I might have put somewhat better as well because um, while, yes, they were lower in the standings, there were a lot of changes within like the systems that they play that seemed to be more effective than what Boudreaux was doing. Uh, and like the locker room seems to be doing a lot better as well. And like that team chemistry is starting to go. And like once they finally figure out how to bring that onto the ice, I think the Sharks are going to be pretty fun to watch again. <laughs> Um, how would you rate Mike Greer's first season as a general manager? I think I'm going to put like a seven. I want to say I put a seven as well. I think it was either between a six or a seven because, I mean, obviously it was better. It was a pretty good. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go with seven just because <laughs> it's his first It's his first season as a general manager. Yeah, You know, I, I think he did a pretty good job in having never done that before. Plus um, picking up after uh, Wilson's mess. He did mm-hmm. the best he could with that. So, mm-hmm. um, How would you rate David Quinn's first season as a head coach? I want to say I put a seven as well. I, w- I think I did a seven, a six or a seven. So I can't remember if Greer did seven or eight and then Quinn, I put one less just because, um, like, yes, I could see, like, the team improving in some areas, even if they sucked the season, they were improving in a, a lot of different areas, but I didn't see enough to feel impressed by it. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um yeah, we didn't really know a whole lot about him outside of um, the complaints. Folks. Yeah, the complaints of he wouldn't play the younger guys, which we didn't really see that happen. Granted, uh, Bordalo and Eklund did not play full seasons. So, you know, we only get the... Obviously, if you bring up those guys, you're playing those guys, right? Um, who would be, like, the youngest out of, like, the full roster? Because we have, a, like, a number of... He, he, Greer brought in more 
below 30, like yeah. pretty much guys that would be within this, I'd imagine, a, the window of contention. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's hard to compare um, for Quinn alone, but in terms of from Bugner's season, I think it's an improvement. I think the, right. especially the top, well, our, actually our top two lines, I think those were the most like up and down during the season. And I I think it's just kind of, it, it came down to the individual players, I feel like, because Hurdle just just didn't have a very good season. And but, honestly, uh, you're going to... He did okay. I Like, you could tell he struggled, but he's, I think he still scored, like, 20 goals or something. So it wasn't, like, a terrible season. Yeah, but I don't... I think for any other player, like, someone that you would, like, be... Um, pairing like lining them up with your stars or even in the bottom two lines i think that like that would be a pretty good um goal count to end with but some someone with like a hurdle that you've signed for how many for for eight years i think you're kind of expecting more yeah, I can see that. I just think for him, it might just be trying to adjust to the system because he is used to playing a certain way, and now he has to like yeah. learn how to play a different kind of different way. Whereas, if, I don't know if you remember when he first came into the league, it was before I was uh, following the Sharks, but I had heard that he played a completely different style than after he hurt his knee, right? And like. There was this whole transition period for him where he had to learn how to play a different style because he couldn't do what he could before the knee injury. And so he kind of became a power forward instead of um, whatever he was before. And so maybe it's something similar where it's not really an injury. It's just kind of trying to get used to a different, different type of play. But we'll see next year. Well, I mean, in that respect, I, I wouldn't put that on Quinn. Because obviously the players have to kind of adjust to the coach's style of play, and um, so I wouldn't like when we're obviously we're talking about Quinn's first season, right? And I like I'm thinking like, well, the first two lines were kind of like not as great, but I think it came down to like the individual players, like they were struggling. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, what most closely describes your confidence level in the current regime's ability to make the Sharks a playoff team again? <laughs> I put mostly hopeful, but we yeah, I put the same thing. <laughs> like, like what we said before, you know, excited to see what the young guys can do, but you can never be sure about like how they're going to translate their game into the NHL or how long it's going to take for them to feel comfortable. Um. When do you think the Sharks will make the playoffs again? So I struggled with this question and then the one after it because like when Greer was asked about some of this stuff, he didn't have a very straightforward answer. And I and I understood that because the draft could really change the course yeah. of where he sees this team going. 
if right. we draft really high, well, now you've got like probably the next poster boy of your of your franchise. If not, well, I feel like that would be leaning more towards a hopeful wait and see type of situation. So I think I ended up putting, I think I put 25-26. I did too. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, not next year. I don't see them making it next year. Uh, maybe not the year after, but closer. And then after that, I could see them making it, depending how everything unfolds. Um, when do you think the Sharks would be a legitimate Stanley Cup contender again? I put the year after that. <laughs> I put later. <laughs> oh, because I I just I just don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it'd be great if they it probably were. is realistically later. <laughs> just, not trying to be too hopeful here. Uh, what is your current expectation of the twenty three twenty four season? What did I put? I think I put real improvement, but not enough to be the playoff chase. I think I put the one after that that says hang around for a while then fall out of it. Because this is just next season, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I did that one. No, wait. Real improvement, not enough to be the chase. I think it could be in between those two. Like, obviously, yeah. with this past season, I think, um, I forgot who wrote it, probably Corey. Because he had that whole article about how the 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 sharks pretty much like tanked by accident because they mm-hmm. they weren't projected to be in a situation where we would be in the bottom, but they somehow like <laughs> found themselves in that situation. But I think he had projected them to be around the the seventy seventy seven point area so i think that's kind of like a baseline and then maybe next season depending on who comes up from the barracuda like i i'm not sure if i feel like eklund should come up like i'm kind of still okay with them just cooking down there because we're just like really in no position to be pushing for any playoff position right now. But then again, goes back to the draft. Everything could change with the draft. Like, especially yeah. if you get one of those top four guys, like, they they could start in the NHL, like, in the next, then the upcoming season. I think for sure year. Connor Bedard would start in the NHL. Oh, for sure, for sure. But we're not getting him. Let's not get our hopes up. Yes, yeah. but I mean, <laughs> like they're saying, obviously he's he's leading the charge. He's he's run away with it, right? But even somebody like from last season, the number, the first overall pick, uh, uh, oh my god, I'm Slavkovsky, Slavkovsky. I know I got like the first four letters right. Um, he started in the NHL. Obviously, he got injured like some at some point, and then you know whatever. But and then like the 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 Canadians are nowhere near making a play. But then again, that that that's entirely dependent on the organization whether they want to like do that, whether or not he was should have just cooked down in their AHL. 
I didn't follow it that closely, but if someone like a Connor Bedard would like just jump right into the NHL, like I can see the potential depending on what organizations um, grab the other the other contenders for second, third, and fourth. Um, if anything, maybe they just like hang out a bit in the AHL just to get their feet wet. And then maybe like at some point during the season, they get brought up. Like, so if we find ourselves in that situation, yeah, I'm not, I think you maybe see an Eklund come up. I think Bordelone. I think Bordelone would... needs a little more time to cook, though. Yeah, she didn't seem to translate so well this year, but who knows, man? It's just, like the AHL and the NHL are so different. But anyways, um... I mean, it's it's like I said in in a past episode. Like I feel like he's just like two or three steps back from the play, and I think he just kind of needs to get up to speed with it, and he'd be effective. But Eklund's kind of there already. He just needs this team to not be shitty because he's not <laughs> yeah. he's not in a position where he's like a Connor Bedard where he's gonna come in and like drive the the team. He he needs help. Yeah. So okay. Who was the most surprising player in twenty two twenty three? I wanna know your answer first. Why? Because <laughs> I, I just wanna know. Really? Are yeah. you really that surprised? Um, a little bit because I, like, yes, I followed the Avs the year before, but I didn't pay too much attention to him. So I didn't really know exactly what we were getting when, when he signed him. And then, I don't know, I just really like, he, he just seems like a, uh, like, how else to describe him, but like a rock, you know, like he's pretty reliable. He, he can score sometimes. <laughs> um, and he seems to have like good leadership skills. I don't know. I was surprised to get some someone like that um, during the off season. I think I'm less surprised by all the reasons you you mentioned, just because <laughs> he went through the whole thing with the abs. Yeah, I guess. Like Did it makes put... sense that he comes in and he's got that like mindset. Mine was Stephen Lawrence. I considered putting him because towards the end he was finally starting to click into everything and like finding his own. But I was like, it wasn't the whole season, so I didn't know if I should consider him. <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy with that uh, with that pickup because when we got him, I was like, who's he? Yeah. <laughs> who's this thanks, guy? Okay, thanks, whatever. <laughs> sure. Who was the most disappointing player in 2020? <laughs> and we picked the same person, probably for the same reason. So many other options, and yet I was like, "No, their their disappointment." Like I can, I can just eye roll about. But I yeah. considered putting Ferraro. I really did because he kind of fell off the face of the earth this season. But then I was like, "Oh, the name after him, Senor James Reimer." Yeah, no, um, definitely the most disappointing <laughs> for reasons mm-hmm. we've already talked about on this podcast. Uh, who was the best free agent addition in my career's first year? I think I also put Sturm for this one. I think I did the same. Yeah. Benning is a close second, but yeah, yeah. For 
Who was the first free agent addition in Mike's Mike Greer's first? What? Oh, the worst. I said first. Who was the worst free agent addition in Mike Greer's first year? I put Nudivara because he didn't play all season because he was injured. Yeah, I I was between him and Svechnikov because I was thinking like, well, obviously it'd be disappointing that you pick up some guy and he doesn't play at all. Like it was kind of like, uh, I mean, I guess a waste. But I think I ended up choosing him, but then I was between him and Svechnikov because Svechnikov, like, just like you could pick any other person to do his do his job. He didn't really do a whole lot that stuck out to me. Like even people like Scott Harrington, at least he was you know pretty effective on uh, for the defense. But Svechnikov, like you could take him out of the lineup and I wouldn't even realize he's gone. So yeah. that's upsetting. But definitely a signing that someone didn't end up playing would probably trump that. Um, <laughs> Who, uh, what was Mike Greer's best trait in your opinion? I think this one was so hard for me and I have to this remember like what I put. <laughs> I put number 11 to Arizona for numbers 27, 34, and 45, which was the very first trade that he did when he first came in. Because he, I think last draft, the player that I'm pretty positive the Sharks were looking at was already taken. And so he figured might as well get more picks for for the top pick that we have. And I think it was it was good. Like, I'm pretty sure he got some decent prospects out of that. I think Gustin was one of them, and I'm really impressed with him. I think I ended up choosing that one too because a lot of the other ones were, I mean, they they were nice trays. They weren't like blockbuster feeling to them. But I think the 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 trading of the eleventh round pick for for most eleventh uh, round, <laughs> the poor people selected in the eleventh round, um, the the eleventh overall pick. Like, like I'm a, I'm a big fan of, obviously if you're, if you didn't, if you didn't get the guy that you were hoping to get with that one, like might as well increase the possibility that you get, um, more bang for your buck and, and getting those other, um, picks instead, I think is the better trade among these other ones that I really, um, were, were happy to see. Yeah. What was the worst trade? Again, this one was a tough one. Yeah. Um, I put the Brent Burns trade, but I think it's mainly because I don't remember it. <laughs> but also, it felt so underwhelming. And, like, I know why it was, because he, his big contract and, like, whatever, but when the, when the news broke, it was just like, oh, we're getting... And it was Stephen Lawrence. We're like, who is this kid? And I, I don't know if it was like a pick or something. It was like a big name guy that's a big... Like, was the one of the faces of your franchise was traded away for like only a couple of things, I, I guess. <laughs> so that's your pick for the worst one because I of... So. so we picked I... up... We traded Burns and Lane Peterson... In exchange okay. for Stephen Lawrence, E two Makinani, and a third round selection in the twenty twenty three NHL entry draft. 
Okay, so I guess it wasn't bad. I just couldn't remember it, and I didn't want to look it up <laughs> when I was doing this. Oh, I'm really trying to... I think I just ended up picking something at random. I just... These are hard to figure out what would be the worst trade. They just all felt like they were necessary. Yeah. Um, Maybe the Aiden Hill one, because we, we traded for our second round but there's nothing him. there's nothing that we could have done about that and obviously like all he he didn't he didn't beef up his resume with any of the with anything that happened the season before that and i think that would actually be like a good trade that he managed to get someone to take him off our hands <laughs> um eh, man i i think with this situation i i was finding it hard to figure a, a worse because there's you could potentially say the Timo Meyer uh, trade is worse, depending on how that plays out, right? Right. Offhand, it's probably too soon to say which one yeah. was worse. Offhand, oh god, this one was so hard. Just I don't, one. I don't know. Eeny meeny, close your eyes. <laughs> Put your finger on. I don't know, maybe the AC Mont one, like maybe you get a little bit more for him, but then I didn't really, I was fine with that. So I don't yeah. know. Maybe like, the John Leonard and the third for Luke Cunning. Because I like, I like Cunning, but a player and a pick for, for him seems like a lot. Next question. <laughs> what do you want to see happen with Eric Carlson this summer? Oh my God, these were, these were just getting like harder. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I put no trade all the way through these next questions. <laughs> I think I did that too, because at the end of the day, it's going to be up to Eric Carlson. And I don't think there's any situation where obviously it's going to be terrible if we trade him because we're going to have to retain something and it's just going to look awful. I think that trade is just going to look awful. And at the end of the day, unless Eric Carlson says he wants to be traded, I don't think Greer is going to, there's no benefit to that. So, no trade. If the Sharks win the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, wishful thinking, what do you want to see happen with Eric Carlson? Honestly, no trade. He's staying if we get him. Yeah, can you <laughs> like, imagine the Bedard and Carlson connection? There? Like, if we got Bedard and Greer's like, hey, so can I get rid of you? Like, Carlson would be like, no! Like, <laughs> What's wrong with like, you? Like, what? <laughs> what do you think will happen with Eric Carlson? Again. Oh, that's a toss-up, though. No trade. I put no trade because I don't. I don't see whatever you already explained it. If the Sharks win, this the Bedard Sweet Six. What do you think? Well, wait, did I already ask this? What do you, if they win? If they win, maybe he meant lose. He put win twice. Okay. If the Sharks. Oh lose, no! He put. What do you want to happen? And this one is. What do you think will happen? Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> Um, I still said no I trade. Yeah, I think <laughs> want and think is I think is in the same boat. Who was the Sharks rookie of the year in twenty two twenty three? I put Eklund because he won the yeah. award. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's Eklund. Uh, which Veracuda rookie impressed you the most this season? I'm pretty Gushin. sure I put Gushin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was fun. 
Like Shakir, we just need to have more exposure to him. Yeah. He was there was that one team. game where he had like multiple points. So I think there's like a lot of there, there's going to be a, a lot to be excited about with him. But we just need more more time to see it. Yeah. Which prospect who hasn't made his NHL debut excites you the most? I, I think Shakir. it's Shakir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> High five. Yeah. Um. Which goalie has the best chance to be number one on the Shark Step Charts someday? I can't remember where I put this one. I think I, I think, put I think I put Corona. I think I put Miami. But to be honest with you, I haven't been paying too much attention to these dudes. Because so. he won whatever that NCAA, I think oh, it's NCAA did. award for the Frozen. For and he won, he, like, his team won the Frozen Four last year. I don't know. Well, we'll see how that translates over from, <laughs> from college yeah. to professional hockey. How do you rate the current state of the Sharks prospect pool? Mm. I can't remember what number I put. I might have put, like, a five. It's... <laughs> I think I put a six. It's like... Maybe, yeah, that sounds right. Because it's like, yes. Because it did get beefed up a little bit with some of the stuff that Greer did, but I think we just need more time. Just need yeah. more time to, to to see it, to see the vision. <laughs> yeah. They need time to flourish. Um, how would you rate the 22 draft class almost one year later? I think I'm going to put like a six or a seven. Because, like, yes, they did well, but it's not like, oh, my God, I'm so impressed. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If the Sharks win the number two pick in the NHL draft, they should select. This one's easy. This is a no-brainer. Adam Ventili. Come on. Um, if they stay at number four and the first two picks are Dari Ventili and Leo Carlson, who should they pick? I think I put Mitch Kopp. Just because that's the only other name I've, I've heard floating around. I would be fine with... Because the things that um, Nate was talking about with his situation in Russia, I'm a little about picking him so high just because we don't... like This could potentially, if he ends up staying there whatever ends up happening with their, like, a number four pick to just go nowhere, that that's a huge uncertainty. Yeah, yeah, but if it pans out, you could have a real good player on your team. It's I, so hard. Life is yeah. complicated. These questions are silly. Um, if they fall to number five and the big four are the first four picks, who should they select? I don't know any of these names. I haven't been paying enough attention. I've seen Will Smith thrown around, so I was like, sure, why not? I was between picking up Will Smith or trading down. Because if trading down means you get, like, maybe... More picks? Yeah, because I like the idea of getting more picks if you're now now if like outside of the top four these guys are kind of you know all all in the the same potential and and 
and all that like i it just kind of makes me think back to when greer did that in the previous draft and i think that worked in our favor on top of not really knowing too much about these guys and then even if i did like it it you're i just feel like you're once they come into the league and you start seeing what they can they can bring like i i don't think we're like one one guy away from turning this this boat around we need like more talent yeah okay um given that the sharks are playing a preseason game in salt lake city next year what non nhl city would you see them play would you like to see them play an exhibition game in next I think I chose I said, Portland. I, I chose Portland, too. Houston was a nice second. I don't yeah. care so much about them being in Sacramento or San Diego. Uh, I would have said San Diego just for the possibility of me going, and I really like San Diego. <laughs> but, like, they already know that the Sharks exist down there. Portland doesn't have a hockey team, and that's, like, in between Seattle and the Bay. So mm-hmm. if you can get more Sharks fans up there, take them away from the Seattle fans. <laughs> um, given that the Sharks played in Berlin and Prague this past season, when would you like to see the Sharks participate in the Global Series next? Mexico. No hesitation. See, I knew your answer would be that. And I, I also like that answer, but then I also kind of like the idea of them playing in Japan. I thought about it too, but I already know Japan has a national team playing, and so I was like, "You don't see any." Well, Mexico Latin has one too, don't they? Not they don't play in the in the worlds like they do the women's. I've oh, seen, okay. But I don't. I haven't seen the men's team or anything. So I think in Maybe Latin they America don't make it in. Who knows? But <laughs> I feel like they need an opportunity to grow the sport more. Um, what was your favorite Sharks jersey during the twenty two twenty three season? This one was hard because I liked all three. Um, I think I chose the retro reverse though, just because, and it's not even just the jersey, but like the whole setup was so clean. I'm going to have to stick to the road white. I considered it, but I was like, no, I really like the, the seals, like teal green, Kelly green, Kelly green. Okay. And last but not least, what would you like the next alternate jersey to look like? And I said, a Kelly Green version of the 22-23 reverse retro. It's such a nice color. I think I went with the black version. Uh, But they've done black before. So I'm going to do it again. (laughs) It's just like black is everyone does black. So I wanted something a little different. But I mean, we've got all this stuff. They could just like reuse it and like add another one to the pool. (laughs) I guess. Okay. All right, so that's all we've got for you today. Yay. More playoffs. <laughs> Yay. More, more playoffs happening today. I had to take a break earlier this week. I was like, getting burnt out on so much hockey. Yeah. <laughs> but um, these two coming up will be exciting. So we'll I guess we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens if everybody's bracket gets blown to bits because the Bruins can't finish it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks for joining us today. As always, I'm your host, Jay. And other host, Nessa. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Bye.